All right, we are live. We are alive. Huh? Once again, from the Shenandoah Valley in beautiful, mountainous Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> Let me pull my mic a little bit closer so everybody can hear. Yeah, me, you know, me too. Come think of it. Here we go. Now we are, now we should be about. We should be good now. Well, I don't know about good, but they might be able to hear us better now. Hear us better anyway. <laughs> uh, brother, part two. Three. Yep. In part two. Oh, okay. In part two. Yeah, in part two. We left off with the angel Gabriel uh, speaking to Joseph in a dream about Mary's pregnancy and how a son would be born of her conceived by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. We, well, we looked a little bit of his obvious confusion about the whole thing uh, and he said his name would be called Jesus but he would also be known as Emmanuel or God with us uh, well John 1 14 says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth yeah we kind of pick up here with verse 22 leaving off we left off with 21 uh, a while ago it says here in verse 22 now, now, that all this was done, uh, that the prophecy spoken of by the Lord through his prophet Isaiah mm -hmm. might be fulfilled. And this Old Testament prophets uh, spoken through Isaiah in, uh, is actually found in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. And it says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted as God with us. Well, check, check, and Check. Isn't it great when God does exactly what he says he's going to do? Well, amen. Numbers uh, 23, 19 tells us that God is not man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said it, and will he not do it? Yeah. Amen. You know, it says here in 24 that it says, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, was his angel came to him in a dream while he was sleeping. said, uh, And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel had bidden him, and took unto him his wife. Now, Joseph married Mary, as he was instructed, showing that he believed the message delivered to him by the angel, but the, message, the marriage wasn't consummated until Mary delivered her firstborn son, and that he called his name Jesus. Uh, during this time, uh, Mary and uh, Joseph had been living in Nazareth. Uh, now, time has passed. Mary was, well, nearing her time of delivery. And the Old Testament prophecy said that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, not Nazareth. Now, that could present a problem. Well, and some of you are probably wondering, how? Well, you know, God always has a plan. Always. Uh, even whenever you think, how could this possibly happen? God already knows how yeah. it's going to happen. Well, yeah, sometimes he's the only one. That knows. That's right. <laughs> and so he has already got a plan in in place and sometimes he uses the most unlikely people they don't even know that they're being used of god they think that they're doing it for themselves but god uses them to bring his purpose about i mean take uh, the roman empire and caesar for instance this this time yeah everything the roman empire had benefited the spread of christianity Including the road system and uh, they didn't have a clue and, and, and the soldiers who, who protected even protect remember that the soldiers Roman soldiers protected uh, Paul on numerous occasions, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and all that was uh, was not because that he was a Christian But rather it was just Roman law uh, they had a 
they were ruled by, they even bragged early on, and that did change a little later, but they bragged early on, or bragged early on that they were ruled by the letter of the law, not by man. Now, of course, uh, this Caesar Augustus changed that. Right. Uh, he became a uh, kind of a dictator, but he, he was pretty good. I mean, you look at history, he did a lot of good things. You know? uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 picks up our, uh, our story from here. Says here in uh, verse one that Caesar Augustus issued a decree that all the world should be taxed. Now, at this particular time, the whole Roman Empire uh, was filled with wars and uprisings, uh, and the money needed to fight these wars and maintain their dominance uh, was running out. Rome's giant war machine was going broke, mm. and all that was and all this was documented, as was the decree that the whole world be taxed. And you know, uh, the world as we known it at that time, the vast majority of the known world belonged to Rome. Yeah, that's right. At that time. That's right. Uh, verse 2 documents for us that the uh, taxing took place while Cyrenius was governor of Syria, uh, which is also documented by history. For the first time, everyone had to go to return to the cities of their families, Oren, uh, to be registered for the tax. It was kind of like a census thing, you know. Could you imagine being from Tarsus and have to travel back to Nineveh yeah, or yeah. someplace that was That was considered the uh, end of the earth at one time, wasn't it? Yeah. Back yeah. during Jonah's time, it was considered the end of the earth. That was about as far as you could go uh, in that direction without falling off. I think know? he would have had to file an extension on his taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can sympathize with that. I do that every year. Joseph uh, was a descendant of David. Yes. And he left Nazareth and went to Bethlehem, the city of David, in obedience to Augustus's uh, decree. Ah, but you see what God did there. He used Caesar and his decree to bring about the prophecy in Isaiah. He had a plan. <laughs> he had a plan. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he's always one step ahead of everything, everybody else, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, everything, everything that is to come, he's already seen. That's right. You know. Uh, the journey to Bethlehem was about 80 miles. So Joseph took Mary, uh, who was great with child or close to delivery, uh, with him. And just as they reached the city of Bethlehem, uh, they stopped at an inn for the night. Uh, the question for me was, why didn't you just continue on into the city? Uh, uh, this, this is kind of just on the outskirts of the major part of the city. Why didn't they just go on in? Uh, and I got to think about that thing, and uh, you know, maybe Mary, uh, if she had labor pain, some people think that she had a painless birth. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of doubt that, but, but uh, you know, I give it its due. You know, uh, maybe she started having labor pains, or perhaps uh, more than likely, I would say uh, they were now entering into the Sabbath day, and they couldn't travel any further without violating the Sabbath day law. Oh my. We couldn't have the, you know, Messiah breaking the Sabbath law. Yeah, of he, course, this wouldn't be the last time. No, it wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. He's just getting on a roll. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in any event, brother, while they were at the end, her delivery, the days for delivery were over, and, and Jesus was going to be born uh, regardless of where they were at. You know, brother, that's the thing about babies. Uh, they don't have watches or calendars. They're on God's timer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's been through that knows that's the truth. That's yeah. right. Uh, I remember my uh, I remember my wife uh, 
was ready to go to the hospital and had to go. Uh, the second one, the first one took about, uh, my first child took about eight hours labor, you know, before he was born. And uh, the second one, I just assumed it was going to be eight hours labor too, you know. And I, she said, well, I said, I've got to go. I said, oh, okay. I said, I'll go in and take a shower and clean up a little bit. She said, no, you don't understand. I've got to go now. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh. So uh, Mary, she had to go now. <laughs> she right. wasn't going to wait. Uh, they were really in a pickle here because there was no room in the end because everyone was hitting home at the same time to be taxed, this tax decree. Uh, the ends of this time were like hostels in Europe where uh, the accommodations were just one large open area with a cot or a rug for you to sleep on. Not exactly the Four Seasons or the Double Tree, was it? <laughs> Say the least, amen. <laughs> uh, there was no privacy here. And Mary was going to have a baby in the midst of all this mess. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, brother, she didn't want everyone watching. And I'm equally sure those who came for a night of rest didn't want all that ruckus going on around them either, you know. So the innkeeper who made the stable of, or probably a sheep coat or small cave available uh, was doing everyone a favor. And no, brother, the very mm -hmm. fact that there was no room in the end barely <coughs> squeaked into the Bible. Yeah, I'm just, right. just, just barely mentioned. And yet, yet it's always a big part of the Christmas story, isn't yeah, it? It yeah. sure is. Because, you know, and a lot of that is because uh, they, they reflect that the fact that the Savior had to be born in a... Uh, in a, a lowly state. Yeah, a lowly state or in a cave. That was just a horrible way to be... a horrible thing to treat him, you know. But actually, the innkeeper was really blessing him because... She didn't have to have didn't have to give birth to a child amongst all them other guys or whoever was in that hostel with them. Yeah. So they had a little bit of privacy, had some privacy in that stable. You know, uh, verse seven says here that uh, she brought forth her firstborn son and, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Now, you know, most people probably don't know what swaddling clothes is. My grandmother could tell you what that was. Uh, they they would take strips of cloth. Uh, and they would wrap it around the child to hold their limbs together. You know, well, I mean, hold them down, you know, keep them from thrashing, thrashing around, hurting themselves. Uh, the baby would first be washed and uh, rubbed in salt. Then it would be wrapped in these bands of cloth to keep them from hurting themselves, you know. But nevertheless, hallelujah, our Savior was born. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. Amen. Now, in the fields of the same country, we find that verse 8. Uh, where there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. Mm -hmm. And lo, or behold, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. I don't much blame them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, the day scientists would have probably dismissed it as well. They had too much to drink. Or, you know, it could have been from the, the high methane content from sheep farts. You know, <laughs> causing them to hallucinate. You know, that, that, that would have been the liberal view, right? Time to ban yeah. sheep. Yeah, I, I suppose that, that standing around watching sheep as they bedded down in the quiet of the night and then bang interrupted by an angel in the bright glory of the Lord would definitely make them afraid and get their attention. You know? That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of greater joy, which shall be to all people. Now, normally, a sighting of an angel wasn't necessarily good news. It would normally mean judgment or warning about something bad was going to happen. 
Hmm. But brother, why, why do you think these angels came to these shepherds and not to someone else? Why, why these shepherds? Well, yeah. I reckon if they'd have went to well, what we'd call the hoity-toity, uh, the, the rich and powerful, the stuck-on-themselves uh, society, they'd have just turned it around being about them. Wow, look look at how how important we are. God sent his angel to us. And aren't we blessed among people? And yeah. Aren't we highly favored? And you know, if I had to be a bet man, I, I'd say that was probably true. Yeah. You know, you could just look at some of the politicians today. And, oh, my. You know, and you, you think how they turn everything around uh, to where uh, the opposition is the bad guy and they're the good guy somehow, regardless of how bad they were at that. Well, we know for a fact if it had been the Herod, he'd have had him killed right then on the well, spot. That's absolutely right, you know. Uh, brother, the first people to ever hear the gospel uh, were these shepherds. Mm -hmm. And the gospel was preached by an angel, you know. Well, you know, uh, then it was preached by an angel, brother. But now... It is our job as a church to preach that gospel. Yes, our responsibility. That's right. absolutely right. But you know, why these shepherds, you know? Were they just in the right place at the right time, or was there another reason, you know? I, uh, the only reason that I can think of, brother, is, is found in the same verse. Uh, the words, uh, which shall be to all people, I believe is the key to, the, to answering that question. Shepherds uh, at this particular time were looked down upon by most people of the day, and they didn't have very good reputation. Well, and think about it. They, they probably smelled someone. And you work with a bunch of sheep. sheep. You may not be the cleanest of pe people, but... And you're out in the field for days on end. Uh, you know, you, without the sheep, you're not going to smell too good. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, you know, they were kind of uh, vagabonds, I guess you'd call them. And, and they were noted for... Uh, uh, for taking things that really didn't belong to them, belong to someone else, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, they were also considered unreliable. I was, uh, I never knew this before. Uh, they couldn't even give testimony in the law, uh, the law courts of the day because they, their testimony was uh, so unreliable, you know. Uh, they were considered uh, often, and they was often hired uh, to watch over flocks of, of others and uh, they voted simply uh, to abandon the flocks when danger came. <laughs> you know, uh, that was what they were noted for, you know. You know. They'll watch your flock, but one thing about it. If it ain't their flock. If it ain't their flock, they gone. <laughs> they gone. Not my sheep. Yeah, ain't my sheep. <laughs> Say, sorry about your bad luck, buddy. <laughs> you know. Uh, the angels told him, for unto you uh, is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. Mm. And the angel said that a Savior was born to you. I found that pretty interesting. You know, all the people, all the people, mm -hmm. rich or poor, even shepherds who were noted thieves and unreliable witnesses. Well, you know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that not some, not the rich and famous, not the reliable, but whosoever... And that, brother, is just another way of saying all. Amen. Whosoever, whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. You know, uh, brother, the angels could have came to the governors or the priests. or Brother, they could have come to Caesar himself, you know. 
but they chose rather to appear to these these shepherds out in the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found that was that that just kind of set the tone for the whole ministry that Jesus would uh, would would do some thirty years later. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, here he uses these shepherds uh, to make his announcement to the world. Uh, the Bible does say that uh, God uses the fool, foolish to confound the wise. Yes, it does. Uh, he uses the weakest, the, the smallest, the least to do his bidding. As a matter of fact, it says uh, in the uh, somewhere it says that, uh, that even Bethlehem was considered the least of cities. Yep. You know? And yet here he chooses to use these. Vagabond shepherds consider what announcements here. we know that all men are important regardless of what they did but but back in that day you know these men would have been probably the least ruffians knaves yeah least important no counts. Uh, he tells them that this sign this shall be a sign unto you that the message that they delivered indeed comes from God it says you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger <laughs> You know, really, how unlikely is that? You know, that you, you first you, you look at that thing when I first looked at it, I go, wow, a sign. Why would that be a sign? Then you get thinking about, you know, uh, it would be really unlikely uh, that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world would be lying in a feed trough somewhere mm -hmm. and not in royal apparel, but in swaddling clothes. Uh, the garb of, of poor newborns, not of, of kings and princes. You know, uh, he won't even be found in a in a mansion or uh, or or palace, but in a stable located in a cave where the servants and the animals stay. And brother, could you imagine uh, just the the sense of fulfillment that these shepherds must have felt when they laid eyes and seen it was just as the angels? Yeah, said. really in somebody, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's yeah. like huh, we weren't just seeing things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fitting for the Savior who took the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men that he could live a sinless life and die a perfect sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. How fitting is that uh, setting uh, for, the, for the mission that he had to come uh, to later. Uh, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. And they appeared in that Heavenly multitude and saying that out. Yeah, amen. How awesome. You know, folks, the glory or the, the praise be to God for making a plan and then instituting that plan at the precise time for sin through Christ. The highest expression of love is the giving of your life for someone else. God gave his son, Jesus, to men man could now have peace and goodwill with God and with each other. The Bible says Jesus is the Word and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He de descended from heaven from the glories of the Father and condescended, condescended to a man so we could be restored unto God through his shed blood. And you know won't you accept that today? I mean, really, just simply admit that you're a sinner and believe in your heart that he died for you. Then confess him as your Savior and ask him into your heart to save your soul. 
Salvation is personal, folks. He's done everything for you. Won't you simply just repent of your sin and accept the work that Christ has done on his on your behalf and apply it to your life that you might be saved and go to heaven and be with him for eternity. It sure does beat the alternative, brother. That's for sure. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Well, we're going to sing a song. 147. Sliding on over here, just in case I don't remember all the words. Oh, I'll sit right here. All right. I don't remember. I know I don't remember all the words. That's why. I That's all right. Just like that night when the shepherds were out there. Yeah. Yeah. Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. folks for listening we'll be going a couple weeks now we will be we'll be going uh, just a couple weeks after this um but until next time we see you merry christmas and a happy new year and i'll tell you what there's no better gift that you can receive at christmas than the gift of jesus christ amen and there is no greater way to start the new year than with jesus as your savior Amen. amen so to all those listening may god bless you And we will see you next year. Amen. That's right.